What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Echoes in the Dark. My name is Bloodborne, and uh, we are going to talk about something that has probably been talked about far too much, but, you know, some people want to know what my thoughts are on it, so we're going to do that. That topic is the mm, kind of worn-out topic of loot boxes, gambling, yada, 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 yada. Uh, on top of that, we're also going to talk about early access and the impact that that's had on gaming for better or for worse. This was a suggestion from Mortumbra, uh, a fellow Lord of the Rings online streamer, uh, streams some other stuff as well. And uh, I, I saw this topic come up on Twitter per his suggestion. And I thought, you know what, let's, let's dive into this one for a little bit. So, um, let's talk about the early access of video games and betas and participation in said events. Um, so there's a lot that goes into games being in early access or alpha or betas or anything that is not a full release of the game. And there's a couple of reasons why a company might do this too. Number one, the biggest deal is there's a lot less accountability if a game is in early access. They also don't conform to the normal rules of a game being in a full release with patches. So they can be kind of released at will, you know, uh, and things can change. Uh, you, I take, uh, well, technically, Fortnite's still in early access. Uh, Realm Royale is in beta, so the icon says. Um, you know, games like H1Z1 were in early access for an eternity. Uh, I think there's some still games out there that came out before H1Z1 that are still in early access. You know, Ark was in early access forever. Um, I don't have a problem with early access. I have a problem with people having to pay for early access and it being treated like a full release. That is the problem I have with early access. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were in a situation, if you got any type of pre-information, there were really two types. You had press information, which is, this is information that is curated from the company to provide to the press. The other one was information that was going to be provided through beta testing or something to that effect. And you had to sign an NDA and that was it. That was done. You break the NDA, you can't play the game. You know, the company reserves a right to potentially sue you and things like that. There's, there's a lot that goes into that as well. So... Fast forward to now and early access really from the view of myself as a gamer is um, I'm, we're going to throw this out there and it's clearly marked as an unfinished project and it may be really great. It may be really terrible, but we're putting it under the banner of early access so we can charge for it and you know full well that there's going to be issues with that game and you're probably going to pay maybe not a premium for it you're not going to pay a full release title maybe not like a 60 dollars title 
And maybe you will too. But if you think about it, when it comes down to it, if you look at the games that come out in early access, how long they stay in early access, the things that change during that time period, and what is the end result? Well, again, some some games are holding uh, tournaments while they're still in early access. That is a terrible thing, in my opinion, because look at Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for an example. They were holding tournaments while the game was still in early access. I, I just I don't think you should be able to do that. And I don't know. That's I mean, that's just my opinion on it. I'm sure there's people that would fully support having uh, tournaments and any type of event around that. No matter what, what stage the game is at, because it grants exposure for the game. You know, people are, uh, you know, advertising on it and people are making money off of it. And, you know, people's careers are started or maybe even ended off of something like that. So that's, that's, why I don't like it, I think early access is kind of a an easy way, if you will, to not really have a whole lot of accountability for your product, and it's a way to get money for some work that you did. Um, and again, this is probably going to come off pretty aggressive. It's going to probably come off pretty shitty. Because, you know, it's, I think early access is kind of a shitty thing. Uh, I've played plenty of games that are in early access and I've had fun playing them. I've dealt with the issues that those games have. And that's certainly not to say that just because you hit 1.0 on your release that everything is cured. We all know that's not possible. But think back to... Uh, some of you might not have ever even had these, but, you know, if you think back to the old school consoles, you know, your regular Nintendo, I'll just say NES, your SNES, your, you know, Genesis, your Ataris, things like that. When you had a game, there was no patching, there was no DLC, there was no anything. Like, you shipped that product and that was it. Now, there are also still different versions of those games because if there's a you know, a very bad bug that is found, it may get issued a, a you know, a, a new print or a new copy or something like that. And that's why there's different variations of games that are out on the market. You may want this particular cartridge or you might want this particular serial range or something to that effect. But you got what you got. And there was, for good or bad, that was it. Now, if you made a shit title and published it, and that's what you got, you didn't really have a too much of an opportunity to redeem yourself on that unless you made a whole new game. Now, if you release something and it doesn't go over very well, say uh, Final Fantasy XIV, for example, the first iteration of the game didn't do, it did pretty well when it started and then it fell off and then Realm Reborn happened and there was a little bit more of an explosion around it because things were fixed. Um, you know, I play off stream Realm Royale. That's another good example. It's in early access. It's in beta, whatever form you want to call it right now. And the first iteration was fun, but obviously buggy, a lot of issues with it. 
and they made a lot of changes to the game worse in my opinion and then i uninstalled the game and then several months later there were a lot more changes made to the game and i'm having a ton of fun again and so there are pros and cons to early access i just don't like it based on the fact that usually you're paying for a title um i think if you're doing early access it should be just under the under the understanding that we're going to let you play this for a brief amount of time to get feedback and then we're going to pull it and then we'll bring back these maybe like weekend events or things like that and then we'll release a full title and open that up to everybody whether it be a free title or a paid title that's irrelevant uh i think that's just the way that it should be now i'm sure there's tons of business uh reasons for not doing that there's probably a million reasons you know, from a production standpoint, why that's a bad idea. That's just my opinion as a gamer. Uh, like I said, I grew up on old school consoles that could not connect to the internet. And now I play on PC, which, you know, you'll see if you open up Battle.net, for example, if you played yesterday and you launch it today, there's a very minute patch that comes through for something. You know, games are getting patched all the time. Um... I think this early access has really had a negative impact as a whole over the entire gaming community because we've be, we've kind of become numb to the term early access or beta or alpha and and we take this this game that is presented to us and we we don't actually look at the state in which it is in we just say there's a new game that I want to play or this game looks like shit, I'm not going to play that. It doesn't matter if it's in early access. It doesn't matter if it's a version 1.0 or version 15. Uh, I think we've been kind of desensitized and become rather numb to the state in which games are in because we're consumers. We just want to get our hands on that product first. We want to get it now. We don't want to wait for it. We don't want to, you know, give a developer X amount of, you know, months or years to complete a project. We want it now. And that's the society we live in now is now, 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 more, 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 um, which I will still take a product that takes five years to come out, but is damn near perfect versus you know updates you know a a public release of a game that's not quote-unquote finished over five years and you just become you know complacent with it i i would rather have the joy and the excitement of a game being done and being awesome but again that's just me um and again, like I also said, I still participate in early access games and beta games because you know what? My friends play them and I like it. So people play with me and I play with them. And uh, sometimes you just don't care because um, it's it's about the experience and not so much what it is. And that pretty much contradicts everything that I've just said. So ultimately, I think 
I think in uh, articulating things like this is difficult. I think early access is bad. It has its pros. And I think it has had a negative impact on the gaming community as a whole. That is pretty much as concise as I can make that. Um, I think another kind of side issue from, from games being in early access is that people can't differentiate between a title being done and being in early access. It could have a million labels on it. And even like the loading screens for Fortnite still say early access on it. But you, I wouldn't treat that game as early access because of the amount of money that it generates and the amount of publicity that it has and the amount of opportunities it has. Uh, I think that they do the early access thing for a different reason. I think there's a business reason for that. And I just, like I said, I don't like it. I think it should go back to... um Closed betas, open betas, and well, alphas. Closed beta, open betas, and public release. NDA all of it. Keep it under wraps as best you can. And make it exciting for people. Um, you know, when you have open betas, use that as the opportunity to generate the hype for the game and get it out to the content creators and have them showcase your game for what it is, get the feedback, make the changes before... The public release. That, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, the other side of that. With the loot box situation. And I know this topic has been beat to death. Brought back to life. Beat to death again. And that's happened five times over at this point. Obviously there's a lot of um, you know governments that are getting involved in different countries. That are you know stating that it's gambling and that you can't have that in video games because of age restrictions on on gambling and you're putting that in the hands of of kids and uh, you know whatever the reason is um i i have two opinions as far as loot boxes go and there are games that do a better job of it than others um and there are other games that have started out good and went downhill. I think it's okay to have loot boxes in games. Overwatch is a perfect example. Overwatch, nothing that you are getting out of a loot box gives you any competitive advantage whatsoever. It is still luck on what you get so yes you pay x amount and if you're buying additional loot boxes obviously you get the ones that you can just generate by leveling up your characters or whatever the case have you you can do that and you can get randomized loot you can get really cool loot but if you go the paid route you don't know what you're gonna get that by its very definition is a gamble. You are giving something for a unknown result. There's luck and there's a gamble. Um, 
even if you were told, which this is something that Lord of the Rings Online does, there is a support article that actually lists what is in them and what the rarity is. And I don't know if it actually says a percentage of the drop rate, but either way, the pro and this is a game that I actually think started off really good and then uh, they went down a very bad road, in my opinion. Uh, the reason I say that is because the, the the loot box situation in Lord of the Rings Online started off very good because it was cosmetics. Yeah, there were some potions and stuff in there and some regen food. Nothing, you know, if if using those things actually made or broke your, uh, you know, your raid or your PvP, uh, that's astonishing to me. The problem is that when Mordor came out, that changed. That changed to a spot where you now had the ability to pay for raid equivalent gear. Yes, it did not have the set bonuses. So before you lose your mind and go all crazy on me, it didn't have the set bonuses, but the set bonuses on a lot of gear is and it, without getting too specific don't they're not really that great there's a handful of them that are pretty awesome but for the most part set bonuses suck and they have for a long time again there's ones like uh the oathbreaker reset from heaven the uh osculeth or pelinor set uh for the captain you know that that's great that's been removed um but stuff like that, when you can buy a competitive advantage, that is shit. That is absolute garbage. And I just don't think there's a place for that in video games. You know, if it's one thing if you have a store and you can go legitimately buy that. Yeah, if you want to go in and you know that you're buying this piece of gear specifically, if that's your business model, go for it. That's fine. The problem is that if I spend $5 on this loot box and I get a potion and a cosmetic cloak and then you spend $5 and you get a raid equivalent piece of gear, how in the hell is that fair? Yes, it's a, it's a gamble. It's not fair. By design, it's not. Does that make it right? I don't think so. Um, it would be one thing if you were buying a loot box and you could open it up and pick what you wanted out of it. Now, that would be the same as just going to the store and buying it. So that's really kind of a... A, a dumb thing. Now, take the loot boxes out of the store and make them drops and put the keys back into the game. That's fine too. But take that raid gear, raid equivalent gear, instance equivalent gear out. There should not be a way that you can buy your way through a game. That's not the point of gaming. If you cannot build a game, 
If you cannot design a game that keeps people engaged and has the content to make them want to play enough to go earn this stuff, you failed. You failed as a developer. Plain and simple. Again, my opinion. Yours may vary. And that's perfectly fine. That's why dialogue happens. If everybody agreed, we don't really have shit to talk about. But the fact of the matter is, I feel very strongly that I think loot boxes are okay in games if they are purely cosmetic, have no competitive advantage, and can be earned. And there's really... I don't even think you should have to get the keys. Honestly, make them a little bit more rare and you can just open them. Screw the key situation. Make it like Overwatch. You earn the damn thing, you open it. Plain and simple. And if you have the the actual stat-based gear taken out of it, go ahead and put it in the store and people buy it and it's, you know, hey, you know what? It's luck of the draw. And you're okay with that? Fine. You gotta take the competitive advantage out of it, though. Because the problem is that you get into a situation where you get a piece of gear, it's not what you want, you disenchant it to get the stuff that you want, you're still just buying your advancement. And I don't think you should be able to buy your advancement in any game. I don't know. Now, this is where it gets... Very, I don't want to say very, but this is where it gets kind of hypocritical on my part because you do get XP tomes and things like that out of there. You can buy XP tomes and that is advancement. I don't use advancement on my main character. I do the content because I need to earn the stuff that comes out of the content. If it's an alt, yeah, I'm probably going to use the advancement stuff out of there just to move on the progression to get to the end game so I can do that stuff. I want to do the content, like the dungeons, the raids, and that kind of stuff. I want to do that on more than one character. So yeah, I'll do the XP stuff on there. And I'm not going to buy gear. Nope. I don't think anybody should do that. It's cheap. It's actually not cheap, but it's a cheap tactic. Um... So those are those are two of the bigger topics right now. Um, I think there's there's games that do uh, you know a different way of approaching it is the whole battle pass thing. I don't know how like an MMO would approach something like that, to where you know you uh, you have seasons, you have PVE seasons. If you're doing X amount of stuff and you do all these things and you you can earn these things uh, in a season. That might be kind of interesting. How would it be? How would it work? I don't know. I'm not a developer. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a developer. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, those, like I said, those are the two big topics as, as far as, uh, you know, the early access stuff and then the loot boxes. The worst case scenario is when those two things are together. When you can buy things in an early access game to advance something in an early access game, that is so bad. Um, make a game that is compelling enough and people will play it. Make good content and people will continue to play it. 
Um, I still am a firm believer in subscription-based gaming. I still pay, even if I don't play, like, you know, I have my WoW sub and I have my Lotro sub. Um, or you go the route of something like Guild Wars 2, where you just buy the game and you can play it whenever the hell you want. And then you can buy the expansions when they come out and you can just continue to play it. Um, yeah. Don't buy your advancement. Don't buy your gear. And like I said, I'm sure there's plenty of people that disagree with that. And like I said, that's totally okay. Just my opinion from my experiences as a gamer over the last 15, 20 years. So, yeah. Um, so, again, this was really a topic that was brought up from um, Mortumbra in uh, Twitter. And I, I like that. I like seeing ideas come out of what you guys want to hear about, what you want to talk about. And it, I, I like talking about stuff. So keep that in mind. If there's other things that you want to hear about, if you want to talk about, if you just want to hear my opinion, so you're like, oh, blood, you're a dumbass. That's completely off the wall wrong. Hey, great. Um, I don't mind being wrong in someone else's eyes as long as I feel good about if I feel like I have enough knowledge about something and to make my point, I'm okay with that. Even if I'm wrong. But thankfully, this is a opinion-based topic, so there is no right or wrong. I could be. I don't know. But anyway, um... Mort, thank you for the, the suggestion on the topic. Um, I hope you guys found that somewhat interesting or at least thought-provoking. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of information I don't have that would make this even more relevant, but this is that's the beauty of this. is I, I'm talking about it based on experiences that I have and knowledge that I have. So you might throw something out on Twitter that I, uh, I don't know anything about or uh, might be limited in knowledge on and... It's all gravy. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. And again, thanks Mort for, for the topic. I appreciate it, man. Um, make sure you are guys are hitting up the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash bloodborne. We did change that schedule up. So it is Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, there's going to be 10 PM Eastern start times. We usually run till about one or two o'clock in the morning. And then, um, this is going to be, we're going to try to publish all the podcasts on Monday um, for the week. And then that should be pretty consistent at this point. Um, again, if we start rolling uh, pretty consistent with Misadventurers, uh, we'll add Wednesday back on. So we'll hopefully get into some Lotro dungeons and raids and whatnot. And then uh, again, once the... I haven't started building the room down here where the, where the studio is going to be. But once this is built, we're going to, like I said, we're going to add a video version of this on for the folks that like to watch stuff on YouTube. But there'll still be the audio version that you guys are listening to right now. Just more avenues to reach more people. Cool. All right. Make sure you hit the Twitch stream. Follow it. Turn on those notifications. Follow me on Twitter at Bloodborne. Facebook. Facebook.com slash Bloodborne1. YouTube.com slash Bloodborne 
that's it for me. I'll see you guys next time.